Well, Bridget Hope, we have some very exciting news for you. Next Sunday, June 7th at Amity Elementary at 1030, we're going to be able to have church in person. Yes, 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 yes. That's a good spot to put some hand clap emojis right there in the comment section. Go ahead and put it right in the chat. I know you're excited. We're excited. We can't wait to get there. Um, we're, we're just so excited. Beyond, beyond words, we've been now 12 weeks, 12 weeks doing online services. We're going to continue live streaming. If you're unable to come to church, you're, you're still going to be able to participate in the service. For our Bridge of Hope family that is a long distance away, you're still going to be able to tune in with us. Uh, we've got the right equipment, and we're going to continue to do live stream. But for those of you that are able, we want you to come out next Sunday, June 7th, at 1030 at Amity Elementary. We're going to have a great time. I've got some other good news to report to you, and that is we were able, we had enough money come in to pay off all the lunch tabs at Deer Park. None of those families are going to be faced with Lunch tabs uh, going into the next year, they've all been wiped out thanks to your generosity. And so we appreciate that very much. That's another good place to do a hand clap. Maybe a hand clap in the comment section, the chat section there. And uh, boy, God is doing some great things. Uh, we want to encourage you to continue to give. You can text to give. You can give online. And next Sunday, you can give in person. Hallelujah. Uh, this is the last message in this series, Our Good Shepherd. I hope that you've been blessed by it and you've gotten a lot out of it. I know that I have. It's been very rich for me personally as I've been studying. It's really spoke to me. And so we're going to finish up the last verse, verse six here today. And uh, with the sermon title, Would You Like to Flourish? Would you like to flourish? I, I don't know anybody that would say, no, you know, I don't think I really want to flourish. Uh, I hope that that includes you. I'm sure it is everybody. Everybody wants to flourish and do well in life. So we're going to talk about how to do that here today. Uh, as in the last five verses, we're going to begin with the scriptures. John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus speaking here. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So right away, we know that Jesus is our good shepherd. John 10, 14 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And now let's go to our main text in Psalm 23, 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And now verse 6 is what we're going to finish up this little series on our good shepherd in Psalm 23 with. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you would, let's hold your Bibles up and, uh, and let's pray, and then we'll declare here in just a moment. Heavenly Father... I thank you for the beautiful time in worship, and oh, the blood of Jesus washes our sin away. Thank you for all you've done for us, and I ask you now, God, that you would speak through me to everyone listening, God. Let it not be one word of my own, but every word from the throne of God into our hearts. I pray, Father God, let this seed fall in the good soil of our hearts and grow and bear forth fruit in our lives. 
Lord, I pray that you would just protect Israel. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I pray you eradicate the coronavirus from the face of the earth. Protect our medical personnel, God, and our law enforcement and fire protection and all of our emergency workers. God, protect them and keep them immune, Father God, and protected from contracting COVID-19. And Lord, eradicate it from this world. And I pray, God, you bring healing to those that are sick. And I pray in Jesus' name that you would now speak to us through your precious word. In Christ's name we pray. And if you're at home, shout out a good amen. And hold your Bibles up, whatever form you have, and let's boldly declare it. Let's say, Heavenly Father, right now, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray, amen and amen. If you're ready for the message, just say, I'm ready. Just type it right in there in the chat. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. We'll pull a little T.D. Jakes again this week. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Well, in the first five verses, David has shown us in this psalm how God is with us in the good times and the bad times. If we need rest, he'll lead us to green pastures. If we need refreshment, he'll lead us to quiet waters. If we need restoration, he'll restore us. If we need guidance, he'll lead us in the paths of righteousness. If we need comfort, his staff and his rod will be with us. If we need protection, he will be with us. If we need provision, a table is spread before us. If we need joy or healing, he will anoint us. Boy, God is good. And verse 6 kind of sums up everything from the first five verses. David sees the goodness and mercy from the good shepherd has been the underlying factor for each and every situation. Without the goodness of the good shepherd, there would be no green pastures, there'd be no quiet waters, there'd be no paths of righteousness, and there'd be no anointing oil. Without the mercy of our good shepherd, we would have no restoration, we would have no companionship and comfort in dark valleys and protection in high table land. So it's goodness and mercy that we need. However, our thoughts cannot be limited to past experiences because it's with assurance that we look to the future and say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. They shall pursue me. They shall go after me all the days of my life. This is not just about the past. David is not just writing about the present. He is saying all the days of our future, goodness and mercy will follow me. See, it's because of God's mercy and His goodness that we can look to our future and have hope for our marriage, have hope for getting the right mate, have hope for getting the right job at the right time in the right place, have hope for provision, hope for healing, hope for health, hope for peace and joy and protection. You see, we can have hope for our future because of our Good Shepherd. David said, surely, goodness and mercy. Surely, it's a, it's a word that seals it. It actually could read, uh, only good, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Anyone can see goodness and mercy when things are well, when you're in good health, when you have great wealth, when there's prosperity, when there's joy, when we have mountaintop experiences. However, when it comes to sickness and poverty, 
private or public calamity like the coronavirus pandemic or other moments of despair. Sometimes we're tempted to ask the question that Gideon asked in Judges 6.13 where he said, Sir, Gideon, he's replying, he's talking to an angel. He says, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And maybe you're sitting there watching me wherever you're at, and you're saying, well, if the Lord's really with us, and he is such a good shepherd, why is all this coronavirus happening? Why are there monster hornets uh, going around and, and terrorizing the earth and locusts eating up everything? Why is all this stuff happening? And where are all the miracles, Gideon says, our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say... The Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. As, as a fact of history, David's life was not a bed of roses. In fact, if you read every chapter of the Bible that's attributed to David, you'll find that his life was anything but a bed of roses, especially for many years running from Saul and all the heartache and problems he dealt with. However, he, David was still able to see the acts of goodness and the hand of mercy granted to him by the good shepherd throughout his life. My question to you today is, can you, can you see the goodness of God on your life? Can you see the mercy of God in your life? Can you see that our good shepherd really has taken care of you? Even when things don't look bright, even when things look glim, and, and boy, it's just hard to see any hope or a light at the end of the tunnel, can you really say our good shepherd has showered us with goodness and mercy? One of God's faithful missionaries, Alan Gardner, experienced some of the most physical difficulties and hardships throughout his life of any missionary. And despite his troubles, here's what he said. While God gives me strength, failure will not daunt me. In 1851, he died at the age of 57 of a disease and starvation while serving on Picton Island at the southern tip of South America. When his body was found, his diary laid nearby. It bore the record of hunger, Thirst, wounds, loneliness. I mean, he had some tough times. And his last journal entry was scribbled with a shaking hand. He could barely write, and here's what it read. I am overwhelmed with a sense of the goodness of God. Wow. Here's a guy that was dying of starvation and disease and loneliness and problem after problem. Yet his final journal entry said... I am overwhelmed with a sense of the goodness of God. Can you think and praise God in the good times and bad times? I want to tell you, even when we go through tough times in this life, God is good. Our good shepherd showers us with goodness. And that leads me to point number one, which is this. The Lord showers us with goodness and mercy. If goodness is the stream, mercy is the fountain. Goodness is the open hand of God's blessing, while mercy is His loving heart. It is goodness that ministers to the soul when all seems well. Psalm 31, 19 says, How great is your goodness, Woo! which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you have wrought for those who take refuge in you before the sons of men. Jeremiah 31, 14 says, I will fill the soul of the priest with abundance and my people will be satisfied with my goodness, declares the Lord. Are you satisfied with the goodness of God in your life? Oh, I just want you to type in the chat place right now. If God's been good to you, if you want to celebrate his goodness, just, just type in goodness, goodness, just type it right in there. 
goodness is seen at times when everything seems to be going right. When his hand is open to bless you. We see goodness in those times of health and happiness where the doctor says, hey, I don't want to see you for a year again because you're doing great. We see goodness when our soul is at rest and we know we have been victorious in battle. We see goodness when all the bills are paid and there's some left over at the end of the month. We see goodness when we experience the sweetness of the communion of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Hallelujah. We see goodness when the marriage is great and the kids are behaving and doing well. We see goodness when we realize that I am His and He is mine and He's my good shepherd. Hallelujah. Goodness comes from the good shepherd Jesus Christ and His open hands of blessing. He's got an open hand to bless you. His goodness will cause you to flourish. There's a story and a legend told of an ancient kingdom whose sovereign king had just died and the ambassadors were sent out to find another king and to pick one between two twin infant boys. They looked at the boys. They studied them. They were fast asleep. They thought, man, it's hard to make a decision until one curious little detail presented itself. One of the little boys slept with his fist closed. The other little boy slept with his hands open, his fist, his hand open. They immediately picked the boy with the open hand because open hand represents an open spirit. And as the record of this ancient king went on and, and uh, uh, was known and the record was shown as he grew up in his station, he became known as the king with the open hand, believe it or not. And because he was known to be generous. He was known to be kind. He was known to be given. He was a wonderful king. Isn't it amazing that something as simple as an open hand can represent an open hand of generosity, an open hand of blessing, an open hand of encouragement? We could say the same thing of our good shepherd. He is a God with an open hand. He wants to bless you and shower you with goodness and mercy. Woo! Mercy is not to be seen here as contrasted with justice, but here in the Hebrew, mercy means loving kindness, kindness or goodness. Uh, throughout Psalm 136, all 26 verses, I encourage you to read it today. And Psalm 136 has 26 verses in every verse. It reminds us of His mercy and His loving kindness that it endures forever. Psalm 136, 1 through 2 says this, Give thanks to the Lord for He is good, for His loving kindness or mercy is everlasting. Give thanks to the God of gods for His loving kindness is everlasting. Aren't you glad that the mercy of God doesn't last just one day or one month or one year or ten years or one lifetime or even a thousand years or a million years? You will not two million years from now in heaven. He will not say my mercy is, is, is gone out like somebody, like a parent. Their patience is gone. His mercy is not gone. His, his patience with us never wears out. His loving kindness. Kindness never grows old. The same mercy you have now, you will have 10 billion years from now and forever and ever and ever. Woo. Just type in right there, His mercy. Glory to God. Lamentations 3, 21 through 23 says this. This I recall to my mind. Therefore I have hope. Look at that, what it says. Therefore I have hope. He's remembering something that's bringing him hope. He said, I recall something, 
and I have hope. What is it? The Lord's loving kindness, his mercy, indeed never cease. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Oh, aren't you glad for his mercy that it's forever and ever? And I don't know about you, but I'm like the, the Jeremiah here who wrote Lamentations. I am, it gives me hope that I have the mercy of God forever and ever and ever. Mercy works under different circumstances than goodness and in slightly different ways. Mercy is extended in times of sickness. Mercy is extended during this coronavirus pandemic. Mercy is seen even in prison cells. It was Jim Baker who was arrested many years ago for different things that when he was talking to John Bevere in a private interview said, John, it was the mercy of God that sent me to this prison cell because it, it got me back to my senses and made me go back to God, back to the good shepherd. He saw his prison sentence not as a, a, a form of punishment but as the mercy, loving kindness of God. Jim Baker basically said, he said to John Bevere, I, I would probably go to hell if it wasn't for the mercy of God and going to prison. Mercy is seen in the closets where people groan in secret under heavy burdens that no one else can feel. Mercy is seen in the wee hours of the night when no one sees the tears strolling down your face. Mercy is seen when there is a broken heart and in times of trial and testing. Mercy is seen in the moments of despair and extended to every person in misery. His mercy will cause you to flourish. Not only will God shower down goodness and mercy on you, but point number two leads me to point number two, and that is this. Goodness and mercy will pursue you. Pursue you. The word shall follow literally means to pursue. It's the very word used of pursuing the enemy in battle. It's as if God's love was so eager to find you that he's determined to run you down and shower you with his love, his goodness, and mercy. There they are, goodness and mercy, like two twin angels, on, uh, 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 or two angels, if you will, don't have to be twins, but two angels on the heels of every person running and determined to find you. When you live and stay in our good shepherd's fold, his goodness and mercy will run you down and overtake you. Oh, man. His goodness and mercy will run your family down. His goodness and mercy will run your, your, your health down. His goodness and mercy will run your relationships down. His goodness and mercy will run down your finances. His goodness and mercy will run down your mind, will, and emotions. I want to tell you, every part of your life, He will run you down. His goodness and mercy will pursue. It shall follow. He will overtake you. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, just type in the chat area there. Praise God for His goodness. As we look to our past, we can say if it wasn't for the goodness and mercy of God, where would I be? But notice that, notice something here. I love this. David does not ask the blessings continue to lead him, but that goodness and mercy shall follow him. Goodness and mercy shall follow him. Goodness and mercy are not the guides of life but the consequences and the results of life. Deuteronomy 28, 1-2 says this, Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. 
And all these blessings, watch verse 2 carefully, shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. That word overtake in the Hebrew means reach, take hold upon, or overtake. Boy, I love that. When you stay in the good shepherd's fold, his goodness and mercy will take hold of you. His goodness and mercy will reach out and grab you. His goodness and mercy will hunt you down and tackle you. You can't outrun his goodness and mercy. You can't hide from it. His goodness and mercy will track you down and overtake you. Oh, shout out hallelujah. Oh, type in hallelujah right there in the box. Amos 9.13 in the message version says it this way. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now. God's decree, things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once and everywhere you look, blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and the hills. Wow. It reminds me of Matthew 6, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. They'll run you down and they'll tackle you. How many of you want to be tackled by the goodness and mercy of God? How many want to be overtaken by the goodness and mercy of God? Shout out yes. Just type in all caps. Yes in the chat area. Now David was most likely an old man when he wrote the 23rd Psalm. He had seen tragedies. He had seen disappointments. But he also had come to know God, a God who knows the needs of his children. In spite of the dark clouds on the horizon, as far as we can know that with our good shepherd, the sun will rise and shine again tomorrow. Man, I come to tell somebody, it may look dark and gloomy and doom and despair. Things may not look good in the natural, but I promise, with God, with our good shepherd, the sun's going to rise tomorrow and the sun will shine on you again. You have survived 100% of your darkest days so far. What makes you think you won't survive this one? As we follow the good shepherd, without a doubt, goodness and mercy will follow us. His goodness and mercy will pursue you and cause you to flourish all the days of our life. You don't have to be afraid that one day it will stop. One day it will cease. He said forever, and goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days. All, all, all. Good place to type in the word all. All the days of my life. Goodness and mercy are like the sheepdogs bringing up the rear. One preacher said it this way. The Lord is my shepherd, I. And more than that, he has two fine dogs, goodness and mercy. With him before us and them behind, even poor sinners like you and I can hope to win home at last. Wow. There's a story of a very wealthy man and a very poor man in a church. And the wealthy man wanted to show some benevolence, so he gave a a sum of money to a friend and asked him to give it to the poor man. That friend did exactly what he said, and uh, the friend sent him $25. And he said in the note, this is yours, use it wisely, there's more to follow. After a while, he gave him another $25 with a note that said more to follow. Again and again, he gave him $25 with notes that said more to follow, more to follow. I want to tell you, so it is with the 
with the amazing goodness and mercy of our good shepherd, Jesus Christ. There is always more to follow. You can't exhaust his goodness. You can't run past his love. You can't exhaust his mercy. It is for now, forever, forever lasting. Always. Hallelujah. There is always more to follow. Woo. We will never be able to exhaust it or get to the end of it. And that leads me to my final point, and that is this. Point number three is stay in the house of the Lord. Stay in the house of the Lord. He said, David said, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Dwell means sit down, remain, to settle. And look what the word there says, to marry. Oh, that's incredible. Jesus is asking, will you marry me? See, he's coming back for a bride, not a girlfriend. He's saying, will you remain with me? Will you settle with me? Do you marry someone only to visit them on occasion from time to time? Is there any person that would get married and say, well, I saw you today and I hung out with you today and I'll come back maybe a month or two from now. We'll hang out then. Hey, we're still married, right? No, nobody would do that. Psalm 27, 4, David writing here, he said, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell, I may settle, I may be married to the Lord in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. What, a, what, a, what an incredible desire. Psalm 65, 4 says this, How blessed is the one whom you choose and bring near to you to dwell in your courts. We will be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your temple. It is so important to be in church, folks. And I got good news. I hope, I pray, this is the last time Sunday that we can't meet in person. We will get to worship next Sunday together. Hallelujah. Luke 4.16 says this about Jesus. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Jesus was in church. That was his custom. He was customary for him to go to church. Hebrews 10.25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, as you see the tough times, the coronavirus and all the stuff going on. Hey, when we get back in church next Sunday and from now on, we need to be in the house of God. Psalm 84, 1 through 2 says, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Man, I'm telling you, David was hungry for the presence of God. The psalmists were. The men and women of the Bible were. Are you hungry to be in the presence of God? Because, because when you're in the presence of our good shepherd, he'll cause you to flourish. Now, there are five, there are five very important reasons that I believe every Christian should attend church in person. And I'd be actively involved in a congregation. So I want you to lean up on your couch or wherever you're sitting. And I want you to really listen in closely for the next five minutes or so. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you leaned up? You lean in now. I'm going to ask them. They're going to tell on you whether you're leaning or not. Lean on in. I want you to listen closely. Here's five very important reasons why we should be in church in person. 
Number one, you have gifts you need to develop. Serving is one of the main purposes of the church. Listen, in one state, the churches banded together and provided over 1,000 homes for foster children who were living in hotels with social workers. That's, that's incredible. As a matter of fact, the state has now turned over all foster children in the entire state to the local churches in that state to find them homes. Man, that's ministry. We flourish when we serve. There's all kinds of ministry opportunities available in the local church. There's set-up and tear-down teams at our church. There's greeting. There's ushering. There's assisting. There's helping. There's a, a wide gamut of things. We should be serving. We flourish when we serve. The second reason I, I can think to be in church in person is the Internet is not a safety net. Somebody say hallelujah on that. I mean, we all need protection and someone to lean on. Romans 12, 15, though, says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Let me ask you something. Who is the human face of Jesus Christ that you turn to when all hell breaks loose in your life? God has designed the body to heal the body. We need each other. We can all watch church services online, and I do. However, it is not a substitute and a replacement uh, for a group of spiritual relationships that have my back, that are with me when I'm down, that are with me if I lose my job or someone loses their job. Who's going to be the human face to comfort and encourage you and pray with you so that two or more gather together and agree as touching any one thing they shall ask that it shall be done of my Father in heaven. If you get a sick report or a bad report from the doctor, who's going to lay hands on you and pray for you? Listen, we need one another. If your life is broken, you need to be in the house of God with other brothers and sisters. We flourish when we connect. The third reason is sheep do not live alone. Acts 20, 25 says this. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased in his own blood. The Holy Spirit has established pastors and teachers and evangelists and overseers and elders who feed the flock and who lead the flock. We are not a bunch of loner, individualistic goats who refuse to follow the leadership of spiritual overseers. Look, we flourish when we are overseen. Another reason, reason number four why we need to be in the local church, in person, God goes to church. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? God goes to church every time we meet. The Holy Spirit shows up when the church comes together. We have a promise that we're any two or more gathered together in his midst. There he is in the midst. He is there for two or more gathered together. He is in the midst. God goes to church. Look, a bicycle that's never assembled cannot pedal. People who physically assemble together with other Christ followers will receive freedom and healing and restoration much faster than if they're at home by themselves. We flourish when we come together with the church. And reason number five, your children develop spiritually. We should all teach our children the Bible and pray with them at home and so forth. However, in the church setting, they learn corporate worship. They learn life-changing teachings about Jesus Christ. They develop as young Christians. We flourish when our children learn to honor God. Folks, you need to attend your local church faithfully. I, I know we've not been able to for some weeks now, 12 weeks. 
But now that our president has said that everyone needs to go back to the house of worship, that it's essential, hey, we're following our leader and the law of the land. Support it with your consistency and your contribution. Pray for the people. Plug in and get involved serving. Be there during worship experiences. If you have children, have your children in the house of God. A famous actor was once the guest speaker at a social gathering where he received many requests to recite all kind of favorite excerpts from various literary works. One old preacher happened to be there, asked the actor to recite the 23rd Psalm, and the actor said, I will, provided when I'm done, that you recite it as well. The preacher obliged, and so the actor went first. His reaction was beautifully in tone with the greatest dynamic, dramatic emphasis that anybody could have. He was trained in the best speech technique and drama. He gave the words of the language of the ancient silver-tongued orators of old. I mean, when he had finished, the people clapped. They hooped and hollered. They shouted for an encore to have him speak some more. I mean, it was just beautiful. Then that old preacher, leaning on his cane, came to the front of that stage, stepped to the front of that platform in a rough, broken voice from so many years of ministry, his diction being anything but polished and the opposite of this great actor and orator repeated the same words. When he was finished, they didn't hoop and holler and ask for an encore, but there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Someone asked the actor what made the difference, and here was his reply. I know the psalm. He knows the shepherd. Do you know the shepherd this morning? The disciples did in Acts 4.13. In closing, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Wow. Can you be accused of this? That you've been with Jesus? Can the greatest orators hear you recite the 23rd Psalm and say, wow, I know the psalm, but they know the shepherd. You see, knowing our good shepherd and being in his presence will cause you to flourish. I'd like for you to bow your head and close your eyes right where you're at. You say, I've read the Bible in an intellectual way, but I've never really asked the shepherd to be the good shepherd of my life. I've never really asked Jesus to come into my heart and be the true shepherd of my life. I, I want people to know that I've been with Jesus. If that's you, we're going to say a little simple prayer. Would you do that? Just right where you're at. If that's you, you can look up at the screen. You can look at me right now and just want you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I want to know you as my good shepherd. Jesus, wash my sin away with your precious blood. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Lord, I turn away from my sin, all my wrong, and I turn to you. 
I ask you to come into my heart now as my good shepherd, as my Lord, and as my shepherd. In Jesus' name I pray, my Savior. Amen. Amen. If you just did that, uh, there's a link in the in the chat section right now. You can click on that link, and it, it'll ask you for some information. We want to connect with you and help you on your journey with Christ. Somebody did it last week, and we'd be honored if you would do it this week if that was you. You can also text the word BELIEVE uh, to the number on the screen. And we just want to help you with some next steps uh, with your journey with Christ. Now, for those of you that are saved, I've got a question. Have you forgotten that goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life? Have you gotten so wrapped up in this coronavirus and all going on in the news and the world today that you've forgotten, wait a minute, my good shepherd said his goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I want to bless you and pray for you right now. Would you do that? I'd like for you to hold your hands out like this. Just right now, I just want you to receive this prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus. I bless each and every person watching right now that has their hands open, that open hand. And I ask you, the God of the open hand, to pour out your goodness and mercy into all of our lives right now. God, replace anxiety with joy and peace. Replace discouragement, Father, with encouragement. Replace, Father, depression with joy. Anxiety and fear with peace. Right now, in the name of Jesus, remind everyone, just shower down your goodness and mercy on them right now, on every one of us. I pray, Father God, that we would be with you, that this week we would take more time to be in your presence than ever before. And I pray right now, let us feel the comfort of the presence of Almighty God like a warm blanket on a cold night. In Jesus' name, I speak blessing, I speak goodness, I speak mercy and blessings over your life now. In Christ's name I pray. Amen, amen. If you receive that, I want you to give the Lord a clap offering. And in the chat section right now, just type in, I receive that. I receive that. I receive that in Jesus' name. Hey, don't you forget this week, no matter what happens, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. We'd like to connect with you. If you're new, if you're brand new to us, Bridge of Hope Church, we would like to connect with you. If you'll text, uh, text the word CONNECT to the number on the screen to learn more about Bridge of Hope Church, and uh, we'd be honored to connect with you. We want you to continue to watch uh, devotionals and things that we put out on social media and emails. Read your emails. Please re click on them and read them. Uh, and uh, can't wait to see every one of you in person next Sunday. For those of you that live some distance away and there's no way you could come or maybe you're ill or whatever, you're part of our Bridge of Hope family as well online. And so we welcome you to tune in again next Sunday. God bless you. See you next Sunday, June 7th, Amity Elementary at 1030.